wear the hat of like, I'm a kingmaker. I'm not a king. Once you understand, like, it's much better to be a kingmaker than being a king in your journey of building company. Welcome to the Grant Y Show. This podcast helps ordinary real estate agents build extraordinary companies. Let's grow in three, two, Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Grant Wise Show. I'm your host, Grant Wise. This is the show where we teach ordinary real estate agents how to build extraordinary companies. And I am beyond excited to be able to interview a very dear friend of mine today, Mr. Ibrahim Hussein, who is the number one real estate team at EXP in Canada in 2022 by sales volume and by transactions. And I'm just beyond thrilled for this interview for a number of reasons, because this is a story that I think you can learn a lot from. And Ibrahim has such an incredibly unique perspective when it comes to building sales organizations, building teams. He's built a team today that's got over 47 agents in the organization, has sold over $1.2 billion of real estate. And he's done all of that in a fraction of the time that it takes people to traditionally have that type of success and is what I would absolutely qualify as an extraordinary business. So Ibrahim, thank you so much for jumping into the show today with me. I appreciate it, brother. Brother, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I appreciate you. One quick modification. It's the number one team in Canada for a real estate sales volume and GCI, not transaction. Sales volume and GCI. I definitely thought, as I said, that I might have that statistic wrong. So thank you for uh, correcting me. I, I really appreciate it. Ibrahim, I think the way that I'd like to start this is really for you, like we talk about going from ordinary to extraordinary. And you have that type of a story. And I don't think if I've known you for long enough, you've probably ever felt that you yourself were ordinary. But I think that you're a phenomenal human being and you've always just seemed to operate way above everybody else. But give us the backstory. For you, if you were to look at, you know, how I went from maybe I was doing this one thing and and how I kind of crossed over and started to build this extraordinary business. What is that story for you? How did you get to where you are today? Yes, absolutely. In a nutshell, uh, basically, I came to Canada about 11 years ago, exactly. I came with the hope to do my master's degree in law with MBA. So I practiced law. I'm a lawyer, attorney by profession for three years. I came in here. I realized that it's going to be a step backwards, not forward. So I chose not to continue that direction. And it was not fun because now I actually don't have anything to do other than that. So it was a simple equation of like, whatever I'm going to do from now on has to worth what I had to let go of. So that's how serious it was. I'm not going to continue my law career. So whatever I'm going to end up doing has to worth what I have to let go of and then treat it accordingly. I did a different type of jobs here and there, sales and marketing related, ended up being in real estate about seven years ago. I believe that the fastest way to go and then the further is being part of a team. So I joined the team within six months. We had to go with my team and that team either is still friends until today, kind of like different vision, different way of thinking of how things should be done. So kind of like went to different ways. Amicably, everything is great. Went to solo agent for about a year and a half, sold a lot of real estate, made a lot of money to realize one simple fact is I cannot continue doing the same thing that I'm doing because I had no personal life, nothing. Money was good. I was not okay with the trade because that money, it comes at a cost of like, literally I have no personal life. When you're in Ontario, Canada, solo agent selling 60 plus homes a year in Ontario, Canada, that is not very normal. It's not It's not something easy you can do. And yeah, money is good, almost close to a million dollar GCI, but I'm like, 
I only see my wife on FaceTime. Like we FaceTime each other because by the time I come home, she go to bed. So I had to, uh, I had to look at the business side of the real estate business. What I mean by that is we're not going to start a team because it is essential to have the right Everybody talks about mindset. I, I get this. I get this. So if somebody's watching us right now or listening to what we're saying here and want to go from an ordinary to extraordinary, that can be two things. It can be like ordinary realtor salesperson. We're proud to be salespeople to extraordinary salesperson or I'm an aspiring team leader. I want to build the team, but I want to go from an ordinary team to an extraordinary team where I already have a team. I want to scale that team, whatever that might be. The message would rely to everybody because if you visualize a triangle with me here, okay, and that triangle would draw in three lines in the middle of it, it would have four different divisions in the triangle. The very bottom, the, the bottom ones is the mindset. If you can write down the word the mindset in the very bottom, and then above that, we're going to write the word the behaviors. And then above that, we're going to write the word knowledge, coaching, and training, Co knowledge slash training. And then above that, which is the very top of the tip of the mountain or the top of the triangle is the, the results. So we all want to have that results in the very top, which is the extraordinary results. So we're thinking by default, subconsciously, subconscious is it's below awareness. That's why subconscious below awareness. So I think, I believe, I was told that I need the coaching, training, knowledge so I can get the results. While that might be true, there is about 75% of the equation actually underneath of that we're completely missing it. So this is not a figure of speech or a cliche of like, oh, a motivation, garbage. That's just my own personal belief. But if I really understood that triangle and understand in the very bottom, the widest and the biggest foundation is the mindset. I have to look at that mindset as if more of like a, a lean side assistant. If I were to drive and get out of the lane, my steering wheel is going to vibrate to get me back on the, on the lane. So that mindset will act as if that's my steering wheel, okay? Which means will dictate my behaviors, which is the second step above that mindset. So now I having that mindset, it will dictate my behavior, how I show up, what I do things, how I do things, how I think of things, all of that stuff. Now that I have that mindset and the right attitude, the right behaviors, I will be ready when I introduce to the, the right coaching, training, knowledge of what to do. I will be able to get the results, which is the extraordinary result, which is the top of the whole thing. So I hope that kind of like draw a, a clear picture of where this conversation is going to go. Okay. Go back to that mindset. Why are we in this business? Why did we get to that business? So if you're listening to this and you can be one of the four or five people, you can be doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be an engineer, you can be a pilot if you want. That will take you, Grant, my brother. This is me sharing with you like, hey, we're, me and you are like 18 years of age back then, you know, it's going to cost you anywhere between four years to 10 years of education time, anywhere between 80 grand to $475,000, almost half a million dollars of tuition, depending on what profession you're in, to graduate after you graduate, you make anywhere six figure to, to seven figure income, depending on where it is. Or you can be you, which is in that case, the realtor that I go to school for, I don't know, if you're here, which is the longest time it takes anywhere in North America, which is Canada, about like six months to one year, you go to college for that. You'd be about like seven to 10 grand. Some other areas much cheaper than that. And I can make the same income that the lawyer, the engineer, the pilot that makes without going to school for the same time or being the same tuition. So this is how the economical equation that I had to make in my head back then, because I had to, whatever the hell I'm going to do has to worth what I had to let go of. So I got to have to find a career that I can quickly 
plug myself in with the right attitude, with the right mindset, that will give me the same results, if not more. So that was real estate. So if you're a realtor listening to this, you're blessed to be in that business because you don't have 10 years of it to be a doctor. You don't have seven years to be a well, You don't have any of this or like hundreds of thousands of dollars tuition. Just think of how blessed you are to be in that industry. Because most of us don't think about it that way. But once we link it and understand the equation of the other side, I'm like, I cannot afford to complain or I cannot afford to say like, this is tough and somebody chased me to do my lead generation and follow-ups and dial CRMs and all of that stuff. It has to come from within. So understanding that and understand like that the opportunity that we had. So I make a phone call that phone call can lead into a $20,000, $100,000 of income in the lifetime of that clientele. What kind of mindset I'm going to approach that with? And I understand the, the buyer presentation, the listing presentation. I understand the whole entire, like, how to handle objection, how to sign uh, listing on a 7%, uh, how to hire, like, like 97% sign ratio when you show up to a listing appointment to get them signed. I know how to do all of this. I've done all of this. I don't think that is the most important part. That's my issue with the real estate community. Yes, there are tools you have to know. You have to know the, like your 30 second bitch, like, why are you, what, what differentiates you from as a realtor? This is good. I don't think, bro, what is my job? We'll buy and sell houses. Like literally, like let's just simplify this crap here. We'll, we'll buy and sell houses, bro. How complicated that is. Like I understand that the systems and models and the processes and technology, these are all tools and stuff being put in place to help us have an easier life. Okay, let's just not get things confused here. But what is the actual job here? For God's sakes, we'll buy and sell houses. How complicated that is. So get there. So I had to look at the business side of the real estate business because the reality is as a, we progress, and become a top producing sales people, we realized we became a business people, not by choice. What I mean by that is, okay, a top producing salesperson makes a lot of money and our brokers told us that we have to start a team. So I'm just gonna hire a bunch of agents and give them some leads and then we're gonna make money off of this. Sounds like a great business plan. So you go from an immature agent to a top producing agent to a mega agent. Now you're in the business world. And then like, I'm going to hire agents. I'm going to make money off of them. And I'm going to just distribute leads. And now I have a real estate team. Well, the problem is, well, that team that you just found, if you have to take a step back and treat it as an actual startup company and look at the business side of the real estate business, your team is in effect, a small to a medium sized startup company has to be treated as such. So now I go back and, and the future is in the past. I look back and I'm like, I remember on the second year of my university, one of my mentors and professors, he said to build the most strongest and highest production law firm in any city, you have to have a, a simple line of badass lawyers, the best lawyers in the city. For you to be able to do that, you have to ensure you're giving them emotional equity in the brand, in the firm, so that firm becomes the strongest law firm in the city. What the hell am I saying here? This is in addition to the economical equation, pay them what they deserve, treat them nicely, all of that. This is given, you're not going above and beyond. That's the very normal, what you should be doing anyway. Keeping the most difficult part, which is giving the people emotional equity in the place that they work at, while you're having other stuff in place, 
I took that mindset. Now I'm treating that newfound real estate team, which is the company at that time. I'm just an agent on that team. I just happened to found the team. Literally, I, I split with the agent the same as everybody else. I Everything, I'm just an agent on a team. I have to wear three different hats. So if right now, if you wanna start a team, or if you have a team and you wanna scale the team, you have to be a real estate salesperson that sells real estate day, day and night, everything about to just make the money and make the production. Second hat, the team leader that manages, hires, trains, like fires and all of that stuff, run the team. And then the most third important hat is the real estate investor hat, which is if I have a startup company grant and I have like some sort of a, a unique tech app idea that will transform the, the, the industry, I need investors to be able to invest in that new startup company to take it off. If I were to treat my real estate business the same way, this is a startup company, somebody has to invest in that newfound company. Well, that has to be me because nobody's going to believe in like building a real estate team. There is a lot of real estate teams out there that nobody gives a crap about. From an investor standpoint, I'm not going to invest in that business idea because are you kidding me? So you have to be that investor yourself, you know? So I had to become that investor myself to invest in the company. It's like, think about it it's like a hockey stick. You're going to have to invest all the way until the business scales and go up. As the business scale, Make sure you never scale yourself out of the relationship with the people that helped you to get to where you are right now. Because I see it happening over and over and over and it backfire on the team leader and keeps them stuck. So once we have that mindset of like, okay, well, we understand the business is treated as a business, as a startup company from A to Z, literally treated as such. Are you familiar with the, I know you are, okay, the cliff idea of the growth of the organizations, okay? So mm -hmm. the speed of the organization is proportionate to how small the cliff is between the founder and the leadership team or the number one and number one or number two people in the business. Basically, the person that found the company and then the people that runs the company with the person who found the company. The bigger the cliff, the slower the growth. What cliff? That cliff is a representation for the business acumen, the business intelligence, the emotional maturity, emotional intelligence of the people that runs the company with the founder of the company. So, you know, usually, usually, not always, but usually you find like a big drop between the number one person or the founder or the CEO and the leadership team of the real estate teams out there in North America. There is a big drop between the number one and number two. The bigger the drop, the slower the growth. So, number one job we have to go from ordinary to an extraordinary like team leader, realtor, whatever, who are the people that runs the show with you? To ensure that my job every day is to make sure like that is like literally bridge the gap, bridge the gap all the way to here. Like it's equal. In fact, right now we have it like that way. We have people with us like a lot more smarter than me. Like God has given them IQ level that I don't have. I'm not gonna mm -hmm. fight them. They're just smarter than me by nature. I gotta have to embrace that. But for them to feel okay being part of this i'm going to take you back to the first part which is they have emotional equity in the brand to have emotional equity in the brand you have to establish a flat level organization there is nobody above anybody else right so to to do this which what everybody refers to as a culture obviously like it's it's the culture is the look and feel within the organizations culture there is only one way and i'm not gonna get sophisticated so we're gonna keep it simple Culture is the truth of the experience. Culture is the truth of the experience. Your retention rate is proportionate to the level of how good people experience is on your organization. What I mean by that? My retention rate is 
That is, people on me is 70% happy with the company. I'm just helping everybody here understand, draw a perfect picture for what the hell that is, okay? So, culture is the truth of the experience. Why the hell would people stay? I'll tell you why. You, as a team leader, have to always be future thinking in a way that you have to live in the future to welcome people when they arrive to the future version of themselves. What does that mean? And sitting down with Grant today. Grant might be like a brand new agent, doesn't know anything at all, just so green, got their license 10 o'clock this morning. Or Grant might be like a, some experienced agent, been in the business. Grant has a degree of where he is in his life right now is real estate. I cannot afford, literally cannot afford, but multiple lines underneath of that. I cannot afford but to respect and start dealing with Grant's 2028 version of himself from today. Mm -hmm. I literally do everything. I am meeting you in 2028 when you know better than what you know today, okay? When you know the ins and outs because Grant in 2028 will know a lot more, will look back and reflect in his journey with the ABC team, brokerage company that he's with. And two things are gonna show up. Now that I know what I know, because obviously you will know more than what you know today, right? I have been taking advantage of, or um, that wasn't really a win-win deal. Or company has to be smart enough to treat Grant accordingly from now and respect the future, meet him in the future when he arrives. When Grant goes up in 2028 and then reflect back in his journey with the company, the opposite is going to happen. It's going to be like, now that I know what I know, now that I have more information in the ins and outs of how the business is ran, I look back and reflect on my journey with that ABC team or company. I appreciate everything that was given to me before I even know that I should have it. Because when I reflect back, well, the team or a company, they didn't have to do that. If they didn't do this, I would not have called them out on it. Even though they don't have to, I wouldn't have called them out on it. They still did it. They actually respected the future version of me because you know, when I get to that level, I'm going to make that evaluation. The opposite of not doing this is like, go back in 2028. I'm going to like, now what? Now, how can we retain Grant? The moment you realize you have a problem, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late already. Where were you before that ever actually shows up? So it's a big challenge for the leadership of the company because what I just said for the last five minutes, it actually keeps you on your toes day in and day night. You actually have to watch every single word that comes out of your mouth. You have to watch every behavior, what you do, how you treat them from in and out because you're gonna have to be mindful of everything because guess what, bro? The only fact that's gonna happen is they will become the future version of themselves. That is the only inevitable fact. You're going to have to deal with that later on or deal for that from now. It's, a, it's your choice. I, I would rather deal for that from now before it happens in the future because they're going anyway. You went off and there was a ton of value that was just dropped. I want to try to distill it down so people hopefully can kind of grab some of the few nuggets that I heard. And you tell me if I'm wrong and let's expand here. But what I heard is, you know, one of the number one things that you've got to be able to do is get people emotionally bought into your brand, which means yeah. you have to have I would even say like a high sense of emotional intelligence. You emotional equity. They have to have emotional equity, equity in the brand. Meaning that they have ownership, right? They have ownership in Affinity. This is almost their brand, right? They think that they're so bought in that this is their organization and that's how they treat it. Is that right? Yeah. And so you created that emotional equity in the brand and the mind of the agents that work in the organization. The, the second thing that I heard is you've got to have great leadership. 
And yeah. as a leader, as the founder, as the visionary organization, also not be afraid of that. Because sometimes leaders can get afraid. Well, I don't want this person to be bigger than me. I don't want them to know more than me. I don't want them to sound smarter than me. I don't want them to give more than me. And so also not being afraid to have that type of leadership in the organization, which will help accelerate your growth. You've got to have great leaders and they've got to create great culture. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think the fourth thing that I really heard that I thought was really interesting is you've got a combination of two things. You've got to care and also help create a compelling future for the agents in the organization so that it's not just what you're helping them do right here right now but it's it's who you're helping them become looking ahead two three four five years so that when they reflect back on their time with the organization they never want to leave because of who you helped them become in the process those were some of the lessons that i just learned and each one of those is pretty pretty deep but am i catching what it is that you're saying like this is how yeah. we go from ordinary to extraordinary we build a real estate team we we get people the emotional equity get people bought in have a great leadership team create amazing culture and we create a compelling future for the people that are around us is that is that a lot of this the same yeah. lessons you feel like you're pushing out now you do something very unique tell me and i think that it's helped you grow significantly faster than than your peers so you, you've gotten to 1.2 billion dollars in in sales i think a lot faster than a lot of people have but you have a very unique business model you do something that i think that more people should do and i i'm not going to oversimplify it and say you care but you spend way more time than the average person learning about the agents in your organization and then as well i've always called it gifting or giftology like you you invest in them can you talk about what it is that you do from a, a relational standpoint that is so much different than anything anybody else does in the real estate space yes so we'll talk a little bit of a tweak on how our marketing quote-unquote marketing is being spent there is a seven percent of the top line of the company being invested in building the relationship with the people in a form of like culture it's actually it's called the cultural line in our pnl the reason why is what is the first word that comes in mind when you hear pnl what does that mean pnl what does it mean 99.9 percent .9 of the people listening to right now they will say what is pnl profit and loss yeah it is because we are in in a for-profit business but at the same time our definition of pnl is people and lives profit and loss because people are the reason why you're going to have a profit or loss Yep. So it's kind of like a little bit of a tweak for that. So our PNL is people and lives that would result into profit and loss. That mentality will allow us to have 7%. If you think about that from the top line, that money spent on the people in a form of like a culture enhancement activities. Every single person in the company grant, I know their shoe size. I know their birthdays. If they're married, spouses' birthdays, kids' birthdays, I know their dog names. I know their anniversaries. I know everything about everybody in the company because this is how serious we treat it because your a company's net worth is the relationship that company has with its own people because I'm a firm believer that every agent in a team is the CEO of the brand when they go in front of the client that represented the brand. So how would I want that CEO of the brand to present the brand when they go outside selling real estate for buyers and sellers? How broad I want them to feel being with that company with that brand i take it back and then that's how like when we know the love language of every single person in a team with their partners and then your partner gets a, a customized respectful nice gift 
based on their love language, they're not working on the team, but you do. What do you think they will tell you? What do you think, what would you have feel about the company that treated your partner as such? If you have one day, you're not feeling good, you know, like you're off, you're whatever happened, life happens. What do you think they would remind you of the place that you're working at? Taking care of you is simple, but we also understand that there is a life outside of the office. Yeah. And there are people that you're associated with outside of the office. We want to make sure we're taking care of them too. So they can take care of you when you're not in the office. So when you show up to the office, you're the best version of yourself. What best version are we talking about? The best version that not what you can do, and this is going to be a little bit very deep, but different conversation is the best version of myself that God has created me to be and put me on this earth for. That version of me is what I have to show up as every single day. And if I want everybody of people that I work with to show up on that level of intensity, I have to make sure I'm taking care of every aspect of their life, not just like only like yeah. give them leads. I can imagine anybody listening to this right now is like, how on earth do you run? Because we're not talking about four people. You have 47 people on the team currently. Yeah. Every agent's mind probably goes to, how do you scale that? And I, I don't know if you're worried about scale, if that's what yeah, you- it is. It is it's very scalable because how we got a full-time person. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's like how that, like five people easy to control. Like, well, with the staff, we have about like 67 people, including the staff. So everything is documented. There is a system in place behind, there is a full-time person, a full-time salary that the company spend on this person on top of whatever the company spend on these things to make sure these things actually takes a place. Here is a simple math. And I'll tell you why I cannot afford but doing what I'm doing. If I understood the lifetime value of one partner on the team, AKA real estate agents in the other team's terminology, okay? We call it partner. Because why we call them partner? Because whether I choose or not, they are business partner in the company. Because these people, they invest part of their hard earning money, so-called the commission split, in developing the company that I just happened to found. If they're not getting the highest ROI on their spend, on their investment, they will invest somewhere else. If you have a stock in a company that's not performing very well, as a responsible financial person investor, you will withdraw and will go spend somewhere else that will get you higher return on, on, on your investment. I will do that. You will do that. Why am I not expecting them to do the same thing? I'm not entitled. They should actually. I have to re-earn their business every single day. So that being said, you go there and then you make those investments. And then I understand that the lifetime value of one business partner on the company is $640,000. I reverse engineers them at how, how did I come with that number? If the average span of an agent with the team is five years, our average price point is $800,000, 2% commission, that's 16 grand, okay? If they sell 20 homes a year, that's $1.6 million. On a 60-40 split, it's like $640,000 for the company. I already know the math. So now, mm -hmm. that, and now I'm sitting here with grand. If you have a $30 million listing on a waterfront, like luxury, how would you treat that client? Help me understand. Oh, you will give them like 17 star service, not just seven. What is the commission paycheck you're getting out of that listing? A 2%, 3% of a $30 million, whatever that might be, right? And that's a one-time deal. Well, that agent actually worth a lot more than $30 million listing for us. 100%. How are we treating it that way? It's not that complicated, brother. Like having a purpose, is a lot more important than having a plan. So if we're having a purpose of having a highest authority score in the marketplace, which is 
the authority score is a fancy way of saying we're the place for the top producing agent to work and not leave. That is yeah. a higher authority score in the marketplace. 100%. Paying them what they deserve to be paid, that's not going above and beyond. If you want to have like Michael Jordan in your team, you're going to have to pay, be able to pay his salary. Okay? That's just a given. But he's not going to be there because it's only the money. There is a, a higher, lots of other aspects to be with that team. If you want to have like 10, 15 Michael Jordans in the team and win championships, the company has to operate on a whole different level. So those mm -hmm. players can feel, I belong to that team. I can wear that jersey, I can be proud, I can fight for it. This is why the culture line and spending specifically 7% of the company dollar back investing in those people is probably the highest and the most smartest investment we've ever made. So far, we're going to continue doing this well, and limit for it. Well, I see it. I see it in companies all the time. And I find it so fascinating in real estate is when I analyze real estate teams and I look at their client acquisition, what I see in almost every real estate team is almost half of their production comes through sphere of influence and referrals. And, and this is very consistent. I see very few teams where it's like 70, 80% of their business comes from something else. Typically, most of their business comes from sphere of influence and referrals. But what's so fascinating is when you look at where those organizations are spending their money, it's not on their sphere of influence or on referrals. <laughs> it's on you know, Facebook ads or PPC or SEO or websites or all, all of these systems and processes. And I don't think that what they're doing is wrong. What I don't understand is why companies aren't taking your approach and investing in their sphere of influence, hosting client appreciation events, investing in things that keep them top of mind, gifting, whatever it might look like. And so I, I love the idea and, and the way that you've executed on it because you're constantly investing in the relationship. You're not constantly investing in like leads or this or that and the other thing. You are constantly investing in the relationship ongoing consistently as you should be. And that is what is driving this insane growth. I'm curious, how did you get to the number 7%? Like, where did that come from? That's a real question. I come from a Keller Williams background. And then there is a beautiful book called the MREA. Not sure if you heard of it or not. The Red Book, yep. the Bible of real estate. So the page 139 to page 142, which is the economical model of how to build a team. I just woke up one day and I decided to do opposite of what the book says to do. And I mean it literally opposite to that. And it worked out. So the marketing spend, there is no right way or wrong way of doing anything at all. Okay. But there is a percentage based on like what commonly used, what most practice teams do when it comes to scalability. Like your cost of sales should be this number, the marketing should be this number, advertisement should be that number, all of that stuff. So I did my own math based on what I think the, the company should look like. And then I put the number of 7%, which is in, in, in one way, you look at it like it's a fun money, but the other way is it's an actual marketing money because now I have walking billboards in the form of human beings representing the brand in front of the clientele. The only way for you to be wasting this money is once these people are no longer with the company, the opposite school of thoughts will be like, well, you should be spending the money on the brand because the brand equity is what it is. And once people are no longer with the company, the brand is still there. I'm not disputing this is a fact and I'm, I get this. I just find it a hell of a lot easier for me to have no money, for recruiting i don't have a recruiter i don't spend a single dollar for recruiting agents i don't make any ads for that and then the current people who are walking billboards are the ones that bring in the business so i don't have to spend a lot of money on generating leads because you generate their own business and then the leads we have we give it to the newer agents 
to qualify them to have more sales until they become more interdependent okay with the company and then they do more sales and it, it economically the seven percent is the sweetest spot for me to have the highest roi on them from a marketing standpoint which a marketing for a company is two ways we market we market for buyers and sellers to buy and sell houses with us and we market for real estate professionals so they can come and run the real estate business in our company so we have two different type of not clientele because business partners realtors are not clients they're business partners but we have two different type of audience right so that that seven percent actually hits both it hits both audience at the same time without overspending on both both sides and it obviously works give us works. again the map give us your progression because what is it four years five years is that right like give us year one all the way five. up to current what how big was the team year one and then like what was the growth trajectory could you give us the some of the numbers there yes so first year we've done 51 million of sales volume okay a 51 million of sales volume that is about like a million dollar gci give or take and then doing second year 151 million and then 280 million and then 411 million that's the growth year over year so to give you a specific dollar figure last year the company generated about like 9.2 million gci the whole team 9.2 million gci we spent seven percent of that on the company so you can do the math of what would that look like that's closer to seven hundred thousand dollars the company spent on advertising money to build the company build the brand it's just how are we spending the money right. where are we spending it and where are we focusing in it mm-hmm. it's going to spend anyway i know i know teams spend a lot more than that on advertising a lot more than that when you look at the growth trajectory like what you've done in the span of four to five years compared to how long it took other organizations to get to that same point it's it's not really comparable it seems like you got there much faster i'm a firm believer that that having a relational based versus transactional based relationship is the way to go relational based versus transactional based relationship i i can say that day in and day night your people is the asset Mm-hmm. That's if without the people, you're going to have anxiety, people leaving, people coming, you're going to have to change the leaders, you're going to have, it's a whole different shit show that I know what it's going to look like because I'm involved with, with, with other people that I know and friends. I don't want to have that. I just don't, yeah. I'm interested. Right. And and then this was all kind of like more inspired and, and I learned that from my father. There is that one question. If you're saying that we're changing lives and like, you know, like we're impacting people and we're making a difference in people's lives, that's, that's all fine and dandy. I have no problem with that. I, I trust you do this. There is only one way, brother, one way to measure if you're actually making impact in people's lives or not. There is one true test that you have to take that will show if you actually, what you're saying is truthful or not. That is your funeral when you die. Mm. Period, end of discussion. How many people of the people that you've done business with that you claim that you're in changing their life and impacting them will end up showing in your funeral. Yeah. Yeah. This is as deep as it can get. Okay. Because wow. you're going to take that test, but you're not going to hear to see the result. Yeah. Your kids will be able to see the result of the test when the result shows up. Then they will look back and reflect, you know what? Yeah. My father was a real deal. He was actually truthful what he said about what he was doing. So how the hell would I achieve this? Is I got to have to make sure I'm, I'm taking care of the relationship from now. Mm-hmm. What an I approach. Some people might think of like, what the hell that has to do with real estate? Bro, it has everything to do with real estate. 
it's it's mathematically speaking logically speaking like financially speaking like trajectory speaking it works your relationship with people this is not a substitute by no means of having best assistance best model hire right people pay them properly um being innovative being like not afraid to go first and be a trendsetter forward thinking that this is not a substitute for all of this i'm not going to sit at home here we have like a social club we're going to be a social club we're going to love each other we're going to go for like you know a couple of years of now we're building a relationship that's not what i'm saying here we're a, we're a production based company we're focusing on sales driving sales day and night by respecting each other's relationship and fueling it first because this is what actually makes the sale happen not the other way around 100% yeah i think you said at the very beginning at the end of the day you've got to remember what type of business this is it's real estate you help people buy and sell houses and i think one thing to remember if you listen to this is business is easy people are hard and what i'm getting out of ibrahim's model here is that you should spend infinitely more time investing in the people that are going to be doing the business and that that is ultimately what can be this accelerator to your growth and can help take to levels that you really never even thought were possible because i don't know if you're sitting where you always thought you would be ibrahim but i think it's so amazing how you got there and uh, i i would say that it's definitely something that is truly extraordinary you get there like one of the the mindsets that we talked about in the very early on kind of like how to go and how we grow where the hat of like i'm a king maker i'm not a king once you understand like you're a, it's much better to be a king maker than being a king in your journey of building company just yeah. keep in mind like be a king maker don't be a king i was going to ask you one last question you may have just answered it so i don't know i'm i'm still going to ask the question but we we probably got people to listen to this show and i don't know if you know if you're like me but when i was younger and i was getting started in business I was just an ordinary guy and there was something that I didn't really fully understand that was calling me to do something more to be something more to do something bigger to have a greater impact and if somebody is sitting there and they're listening to this episode right now Ibrahim and they're scratching that it we're recording this episode at a time in 2023 where business has not been phenomenal for people for quite some time and they're walking into a new market. There's somebody that's probably sitting there listening like, "Oh, I'm feeling beat down, I don't know." But they've got this thing that it's this insatiable like desire to do something more. They know they're capable of it. What would you tell them? What would you tell maybe the ordinary person that's listening to this today, the ordinary agent that wants to build something extraordinary? Look back and understand that you've outgrown the version of yourself that needed to survive. It is a time for you to step into and be the version of yourself that God has created you to be which is the absolute best put you on that earth for if you were to look back you're going to be like I'm going to die did it make a real difference that I have lived what is real estate brother like i understand we're selling homes in the end of the day what is real estate it's a mean of doing a business exchanging service for a fee that's what it is in a simple way of doing it that fee is a form of money that money is good for the good it can do we need the money for everything that we need in life what am i going to do with that money let's put it that way when you die would it make a real difference that you've lived that question it's a deep question it's going to take you quite a bit of time to kind of process it i'm like why why bro i thought you're going to tell me use here is the best crm and here is the best conversion rate and here is how to close more deals Yeah, I'm not here for that. You know, this is e- that's a easy part. We know how to do this. This is the easy part. I think having a purpose is more important than having a plan because when the market goes down, as if we're talking right now, we're talking about like January, like November 22nd, 2023, 
it is a shitty market, period. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at right now because people might listen to this in 10 years from now. It doesn't matter because there will be some sales that will take place anyway. Mm-hmm. Market is down 30%. Well, there is 70% that still has to sell. So you are in the action economy, not the interest rate economy, not the inflation economy, not the down market. Like your action dictates your economy. What am I doing day in and day out to make sure that I have the right mindset, to ensure that I have the right behaviors. So when you tell me, go to a conference, webinar, seminar, here is tips and tricks of how to navigate the current market, which is the knowledge training. Remember the triangle I told you in the very beginning, right? The second step, the training and the coaching and knowledge, so I can get the results. I've never seen it working out without the right mindset and right behaviors. So your right behavior in, in current market is, it dictates how you show up. Ibrahim, my friend, you are and continue to be extraordinary and I appreciate you taking the time to kind of impart your wisdom. I think what you've done is absolutely phenomenal. I'm grateful I get to call you friend and I can't thank you enough for being on the show, my man. It's an honor and, and we can go for a round two later on if the time allows and we talk about like the tips and tricks of what to do <laughs> to get the current market. I'm okay with that too, but I think that's what we just said is more important than the little step by step of how can we sell more houses. I think 100%. Yeah, it's the more important to focus on the the bottom part of the equation, which is the mindset and the behaviors that would lead you to have the right attitude when you approach and take the knowledge of the training to have the result. If everybody draws that that line and that triangle in their head, it literally will change your entire life. Understanding yeah. that this is where the equation is and I'm shooting past the target, I got to have to shoot at the target and take it from there. It will serve you the long way. I love it. My man, thank you again, and I appreciate it. But thank you again if you are listening to this episode of The Grant Wise Show. I'm so excited. I'm so fired up to continue to have these conversations to help ordinary agents understand how they can build extraordinary companies. And I know that Ibrahim's given us a model for how we could do that here today. Powerful show. Thank you again, my friend. Thank you all for continuing to listen. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Grant Wise Show. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel, leave us a review, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.